Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Buds and Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I am joined by my co-host, Riley McConnell. Riley, what's up? Nothing much. Hanging out Sunday afternoon. Just got done a couple hours ago watching the game. You know, feel okay, Bassy. I know we were just talking. You watched all the games, man, too, so that's good. We got a lot on this series. And I said before the show, it almost feels as good as a sweep. I know we lost the second game of the series, but I still feel good, man. Yep. And we are also joined, as he mentioned there, by our returning guest, Isaac Bass, is joining the show yet again. Such a hit the first time. Glad to have you back, Isaac. Oh, yeah. Pumped to be back, boys. And being on forces me to watch as much Jays as I can to keep up with you guys. Um, And what we're getting to today also forced me to to get more and more into baseball. A little quick story uh, for everyone listening. Jesse and I used to every single day of the summer and fall and spring, I would go over to his house and we would write down every single player in the major leagues and we would pitch and hit to each other for hours and hours and hours. So back in the day, we knew every, Jesse still knows every single player. I know about 50%, but that was, uh, that was every single day we would do that. And we have some great stories on that. We'll share sometime. Absolutely. Good times for sure. Today on our show, we have to talk about the wonder kid. Gabriel Moreno has arrived. He is here. He is in the big leagues. We're going to talk about that call up, what to expect from Moreno going forward, how we thought his debut went and all that good stuff there. We're going to recap the series against the Tigers. We're going to give our ups and downs for that. We're going to have our news and notes. And then we're also going to reveal our all-star ballots on the show today, which I think is going to be nice and fun. So looking forward to that. Uh, but boys, before we start, Gabriel Moreno, he's here. Who wants the first word? What do you want to say? Also, I'll take the first word. Um, and I think that the hype was real. And you know what? He didn't go out and hit a grand slam in his first game or anything like that. Um, no but he's a young... CBA debut. Eh? No, no. But that's, you know what? I'm fine with it, man. Um, I think he's going to do... I think he's going to do well. I think we determined he's one for seven with a walk. He got his first hit in the, in the 3-1 loss against Detroit. Um, yeah, he's going to be a special player, man. Um, we saw him at, at catcher today. He was DHing in in his debut, actually. So that's kind of cool. Um, guy with versatility. He looked he looked good in both. He, he doesn't look, you know, too out of place or anything like that. And he came, came in a good... Um, Good series. I mean, Scoobles are one of the tougher pitchers to face in um, in the American League uh, Central. But uh, yeah, I like Moreno here. I mean, I'm sure he won't stay the whole year when Jansen comes back. But no, real good, real good stuff to have him up here, man. Isaac, what are your thoughts? Uh, I liked his, the personality that he put up. Uh, he seemed like he what like he belonged there like right from the start it seemed like he felt like he belonged there and you always wonder with guys who are that young like are they gonna feel like intimidated by the moment but he was just like he didn't get too upset or down on himself when he would get out i really liked i like guys who with two strikes and they talk about it ad nauseum it was almost annoying at one point the announcers <laughs> were just like when other guys were bothering like, so gabriel moreno and i get it but like um i like with those two strikes you can tell he shortened up on the bat a little bit and he can fight those off, uh, which like Alejandro Kirk does an amazing job of too. And I really like guys like that because yeah. if they're O2 in the count, you never feel like they're out. You know, like with some guys like Bobachet in the start of the season is like, okay, he's out, <laughs> you know, but uh, I really like that factor about him. And then the way he called games was perfect. Our pitchers played amazing both games that he did. And um, like, he just seemed like he was ready for the moment. I like it. 
Yeah, I'm sure Jays fans know a lot about Gabriel Moreno already, and we know the tools and stuff that he can provide. But Gabriel Moreno's best tool is his hit tool, and we saw it with the line drive. He hit off what was a 99-mile-per-hour fastball off Greg Soto there to get his line drive up the middle, and he hit another ground ball hard to get an out. So he's going to hit. And, like, some other metrics that he had here, his sprint speed, so he's a catcher, remember that, a primary catcher. His sprint speed was 29.7 feet per second, which was 99 uh, – 99th percentile in Major League Baseball. So elite sprint speed. His home to first time was 4-3-4, which is 95th percentile. And if you talk about his defense behind the plate, which is usually tough for a catcher to do on the fly, his pop time, 1.83, 98th percentile. And his throw across the diamond to nag his first base runner was 81.3, which is in the 94th percentile. So I know he only went one for seven, but he hit the ball hard a couple times. He got on base with a walk in the game today. And his speed is really good. And then he's doing well behind the plate. I'd say this is a very successful debut in a series against Detroit for Gabriel Moreno. And I'm really excited to see what's going to happen going forward here. I'd have to agree with you. I love the sprint speed stats there. I think it's great to have a fast catcher. I don't think we had a fast catcher since Benji Molina. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We've never had a fast catcher. When you throw out numbers like that, that's amazing, man. I am. I mean, that tool, I mean, you talk about the five tools of baseball. When you got a catcher that can, has speed and run, runs the base as well, and we're talking elite speed, I mean, that's something special, man. I mean, his defense is, is great. If his best tool is his hitting, and he, and he shows his four, the four other two, three other tools the way he has so far. Yeah, this, he's going to be something special, man. We already know that. Are we worried at all? Like, what does this first two weeks have to look like? Like, I know we're all hoping that Gabriel Moreno takes the ground, he hits the ground running, and he just goes, and he never looks back, and he's an all-star before you know it. But, you know, as a, as a catcher, it does take some time, and Danny Jansen is going to be back in about, say, three weeks or so. So what does this look like? Do we think Gabriel Moreno is going to stay, or is he just going to play on these two and a half weeks, and then we send him back down for more seasoning? How do you think we play this out? Well, I think he um, went to Starbucks and ordered a coffee. This is his cup of coffee, as we say, man. Like, it's not – look, and it's not like we send him down because he's doing bad, but this is – like, this is how something like this works um, with a young guy getting his first um, big league appearance – um, and he made a great debut. He had a good two games for us, but I think when Jansen comes back, you almost got to set him down, um, re refine his tools at AAA. That's fine. I mean, and he's the type of guy that he'll, he'll understand that. I mean, it's like, you know what this is. I mean, if Jansen's on the 60 day DL, then we were talking different, but when you're on the 10 day IL and you know, we're, we're getting him a taste and so far so good. I love it. Yeah, I think the good thing there, too, is we don't really have to make that decision today. We can give Gabriel Moreno his cup of coffee, see how he performs, and then wait. And things like this always kind of seem to sort themselves out. So excited to see from uh, Gabriel Moreno, and he's just another guy to watch. And that props to him. He's wearing number 55 in a homage to uh, Russell Martin, who just retired and a longtime Blue Jay there. So you're already getting uh, thumbs up from the fans here on Gabriel Moreno. So excited to see what we have going forward. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's move into something else, into our other thumbs up, unless anyone has anything else to add on Moreno before we uh, close the book on that. Close I the just, book. I didn't realize – I got one thing. I didn't realize that he's only a year and a half younger than Kirk. Yeah. I thought he was, like, way younger than Kirk, but Kirk is – like, what a great catching – like, starting from – talk about starting from the ground up with our prospects. Like, mm -hmm. having Moreno and Kirk at such young ages being so good and making a guy like Danny Jansen – expendable not now maybe not now but maybe next season or whatever like that's that's amazing when was the last time we ever had that 
God, the Blue Jays for years were cursed with the dreaded catcher of the future, right? JP and CBA was yeah. supposed to be one oh. of them. Greg Zahn was supposed to be one of them. Like the Jays never seemed to be able to develop catchers. And now we have an abundance of them. It's a good problem to have for sure. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Gabriel, one little quick trivia question before we move on here. Gabriel Moreno was born in the year 2000. Can either of you name the only other Toronto Blue Jay who played for the team that was born in the year 2000? Oh, I think I stumped you. Wow, the crickets are sounding here. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Bass, you got any idea? It's obviously uh, a young guy. Like a relief pitcher. Yeah, it was a relief it's pitcher, yeah. Bo- yeah. Bowen? Oh. That Bowen Francis guy? No. Or? Good guess, not him. No. It was uh, a Gage. Not Gage. It was Elvis Luciano, remember? He was a oh. little from Kansas City. He played on the Yeah, team. he pitched when he was like 13 for us. Yeah. And like, he kept him on the roster all year. Yeah, that was that was that was I remember that went down. I think I was kind of silly. He got a very, very um, low leverage workload, which I was fine with. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's move into the rest of the series here. Thumbs up and thumbs down. Who wants to go first? Someone take it away. Bassy, lead us off, buddy. Off? Yeah. yeah, let's go. I'll uh, I'll George Springer it. Um, yeah. My I'll, I'll start with that. My one thumbs down just because. Sure. It's a talking point we kind of talked about in the last episode. And then I wanted to get your guys' input on a cu- couple things regarding it. But you noticed in uh, game two when they pinch hit, uh, I think it was uh, Tapia, and they put in Alejandro Kirk for him in the fifth inning with the guy in scoring position. Yeah. And even the announcers were talking about it, and it was just like, okay, like you kind of want to have a guy like Kirk later in the game. And you're going to have to take either Moreno or Kirk out. And it just speaks to our lack of outfield depth once again. That is just like, that's going to change the entire game plan. It's not just like um, a little thing. Like if you're having to bring in your best pinch hitter in the fifth inning with a guy in scoring position, like that's something that you would like to hold on a little bit longer. And it, it does affect... Like, I don't like starting guys like Tappy and Zimmer to begin with. So, who uh, It's a tough go. And does that move need to be sooner or later? I just, if you're going to pinch hit for your guy, Ramel Tapia, in like the fifth inning, then why is he even in the starting lineup? You know, like that's the point I want to make. If you clearly don't trust him in a spot where you think you need to run that early in the game, it's tough. And it does leave the Jays kind of empty handed there, too. Like, if, Gabriel Moreno gets hurt or something, what Santiago Espinal has to go in and catch now, or Kevin Grizzio has to go in and catch. And that's not what you want on this team. So I don't know. I think we're all on the same kind of page here that it's time to get some depth in here. So that way, Ramel Tapia and Bradley Zimmer don't keep getting at bats. If Montoyo himself even agrees, if he's been shitting for them, that they don't really deserve to be in there at this time. I agree with both these on that one. I don't, I don't love the move. Um, but in a situ- key situation, key at bat in the game, st- it's got to happen. Mm-hmm. Obviously, obviously, he didn't pull through with the RBI, but you know what? That's pinch hitting, man. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the next he'll get him next time. I think we just lost Isaac on the show, Riley. So it's back to you and I hammering it out from here. Let's. Uh, yeah, I, I, let's he was fuzzing. He was fuzzing out. You know, with love Isaac. The internet in BC must not be too hot right now. <laughs> there you go. All right. I wanted to give a thumbs up. I think it's time we finally talk about Kevin Biggio here. We haven't really mentioned him since his recall and what he's been had. But thing I've noticed about Kevin Biggio is he's always been the guy who's been taking his walks, right? But he never really made that good elite hard contact. And now it seems like Kevin Biggio kind of is now. 
Like he's always been taking his walks, like I said, and he's been always hitting the ball in the air, but now he's actually hitting the ball in the air with authority. I think his average fly ball time is 91 miles per hour off the bat. So this is kind of more, I know it's only been what two weeks since Biggio has been back, but this is more of the guy that we saw in his rookie year in 2019. And I don't want to say he's there and he's back yet, but if this is the type of guy we're getting from Kevin Biggio, who's swinging at the right pitches and driving them in the air, he might, we might have something here. Maybe Kevin Biggio becomes a part of this lineup, which I think is kind of crazy. We thought that would happen what early in this year so far. So thumbs up. I to mean, he, yeah, he was really lackluster at the start of the year. He's starting to, you know, take better at bats there. That is, is supposed to be his biggest tool is his discipline at the plate. So him getting two walks and um, I think it was this, uh, the second game. No, in our, in our loss, uh, mm-hmm. he drew two walks and um, had two hits today. Like that's, it's good stuff. Like we, if Biggio is going to be on this team, he's got to compete with Espinal and he's a great utility guy. We've seen him play outfield. We see him play infield. Doesn't matter if he's playing well for us, man. It's just one of those good problems to have, man. Yep. No, it was pretty good to see. Um, do we have any more thumbs up before we move on to uh, some thumbs down here? Riley? Yeah, just j- just quick. I just want to touch on uh, Lourdes. He's starting to get the power a little bit better. I was, mm-hmm. I think I said last or a couple episodes ago, you know, I'd like to see him have more gap power, you know, driving some more runs. Him being a middle-of-the-order guy, traditionally, um, he started to do that. Um, he really contributed um, for us anyways in this game. He drove in uh, three runs, and um, it appears he had two hits in the loss. Mm-hmm. And if I go and I if I go check again, Lourdes, who was actually batting eighth in the order, yeah. um, had another two RBIs and two hits, and and that's it's funny. I've been noticing that they've been quiet. Montoya's quietly been sliding him down in the order. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that was a good thing. Like give your head a shake, Lourdes, and now, um, now he's back. And um, I imagine five six spot. Um, you know, in the upcoming series against Baltimore, that's where he'll hit. It's just good that he's finally getting his power uh, turned around now. Yeah, Jay's needed some thumb from the bottom of that order. And yeah. Lourdes finally looks like he's uh, providing it here. And we know how hot he can be when he gets on one of his heaters. So keep an eye. Maybe this could be something big for Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Um, Isaac, you back? We good? I'm back. Yeah, we turned off every single Wi-Fi device in this house. So yep. we are good. Sorry about that. Perfect. All good. <laughs> Didn't miss much. All right. So from one lineup piece down to another, I think it's time we talk about Matt Chapman. Now, when you think the Jays score 10 runs, we're finally thinking, all right, Matt Chapman got his stuff together. He's probably, you know, filming those warning track fly balls, probably flew over the fence, but didn't happen there. 0 for 5 in game one. And then it was announced after that game that Matt Chapman, I think it was a wrist injury of some kind that he's dealing with. He didn't play in game two or game three of the series. So maybe that could explain what was happening with Matt Chapman after what the series before we thought, hey, this guy's actually breaking out. He had a good three weeks there. Um, so I thought maybe, you know, he was onto something here, but Maybe the injury is just kind of slowing him down a little bit. So we're going to get more of an extended look at Santiago Espinal and Kevin Biggio probably in the lineup every day until Matt Chapman can get healthy. Yeah, hopefully not a uh, long term. He's uh, listed as day to day right now. Um, hopefully again, hopefully it's, uh, you know, out for maybe even just the Baltimore series and then comes back because he is, he is starting to warm up and um, yeah. Oh, the 0 for 5 game was kind of weird when we did score 10 runs, but you know, that's, that's the percentages, man. And um he was due for a bad one after all the good ones, I guess. We'll say that. That's how baseball works, eh? Isaac, anything yeah. to add on Matt Chapman there? Uh, I mean, it's kind of maybe a bit of a blessing in disguise just to give Espinel some reps at third. Yeah. Um, to be able to give, because I don't remember last time really Chapman had a day off uh, yeah, before he got hurt. And it's nice 
Yeah, he should be getting a little bit more time off, uh, especially with his injury history. And then Espinal's looked awesome there. So just to show that he can play all positions basically on the infield is awesome. Just getting him some reps is, is good. I'm not too concerned about it. Yeah, I think he's going to be just fine as well. Uh, the Jays, like you said, it felt like a sweep, even though we lost game two. I think we got to touch on our starting pitchers too, because we had some big performances here. Jose Barrios backed up his 13 strikeout uh, effort. I think he went eight innings in game one, eight shutout innings. So good to see. And even Kevin Gosman, who we were really interested in seeing after his start against the Twins, where it looked like he was tipping his pitches and didn't go that far. He gave up a lot of base runners in this one, but I thought, you know, his stuff looked a little better. And the thing with Gosman too is that his fastball and splitter need to be on that same plane to look really hittable. And I think yeah, I saw some charts on Twitter that showed like Kevin's Gosman fastball was much higher in the zone and that splitter was much lower in the zone. So I think it's, even if he wasn't tipping his pitches, it does seem like it's so much easier to see it. If you know that pitch is coming low, it's probably going to be a splitter. And if it's coming high, it's got to be a fastball. And that's why Gosman was actually at his best when he was throwing that fastball right down the middle of the plate because it plays at the same plane of that splitter. And Gosman didn't do that uh, so much against the Twins. He did it a little better in this series against the Tigers, but he still has some room to improve there. So a progress, I guess, from Kevin Gosman. But yeah, I want to see uh, more of that going forward so we can get back to that ace-level pitcher that he had been at the start of the year. And let me just let me just save because you talked about two of the three, but let's talk about how well Ross Stripling did as well. Um, He's basically in the third spot in our rotation for Hunjin Ryu. Mm -hmm. And again, another great, another great outing. Um, Four hits over six innings, I believe. Um, And, uh, or sorry, one hit over six innings, uh, struck out four, didn't allow a run. Like just another great outing for Ross Stripling. And that's something that, you know, going into a going into a three game set tied one one game three, and we got a starter who's not really been a starter for us, mm-hmm. and Stripling pitches um, amazingly. So that's awesome to to see. I think Ross Stripling, you know, gets pretty well. I think all our pitchers get a, a thumb up for this series. We only allowed four runs, man. Yeah, like exactly. that's that's special. Four runs in three games. I'll take that every series. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna move on to some news and notes here. Got a good stuff and some prospect enough as well. Uh, Nate Pearson pitched two scoreling innings for his return to the Buffalo Bisons. Three strikeouts, one walk. He threw 35 pitches, 23 of them for strikes. Uh, Tim Meza had his rehab outing. And in fact, he has joined the team now. Um, I, I don't remember who was set off the roster there, but uh, good to have Tim Meza back. Another good weapon in the back end of our bullpen there. Um, and the Jays placed Andrew Vasquez on the 15-day IL, so that's what it was. And then Jeremy Beasley is up from AAA joining the pen. I've got a few prospect notes here. Ricky Tideman's last start in, uh, I think it was high A ball. He went five innings pitch, three hits, no one runs, one walk, and nine strikeouts. So he brings his ERA to 0.46 and just shy of 20 innings pitched for the high A team. So Ricky Tideman's looking like a guy, and he just moved into MLB Pipeline's top 100 prospects. So good to see you there. And Jordan Groshans, who we haven't mentioned, I don't think yet, since our prospect episode, has been spotted playing a lot of first base for the Buffalo Bisons. So he's never really played first base before. He's always been shortstop slash third base. So... Blue Jays trying to get Groshan some rest at first base or some reps there and to see if maybe he can uh, join this team to maybe be a bench bat behind Vladdy. Any takeaways from that? We'll start with you, Isaac. Um, I don't know. Is point zero four six ERA good or? No, that's awesome, especially because we basically traded away all of our like pitching prospects in the last couple of years. So um, it's nice that you still have guys coming out of nowhere and it's always, you know, it's the guys who come out of nowhere that are, that seem to be the best because they don't have the hype surrounding them. And then just randomly this Ricky Tideman guy is awesome. Um, 
Jordan Groshans, I don't know, like first base, is that maybe just give him some reps there, but don't you want him to be at, at third and short? Like, because there's going to be a little bit more space for him to play there, especially when, if, sorry, Riley, if Matt Chapman leaves in uh, two or three years, whenever his contract ends, like you want to have space there, whereas Vladdy isn't going anywhere, hopefully. Yeah, I think um, they want to give Vladdy some more DH time, so they want Groshans to fill out his space while he's DHing. But anything that it takes to get him up to the majors, I think I'm on board, and I think we're going to see Jordan Groshans sooner rather than later. Yeah. Well, yeah. If they, if they make him move over to first base, there's a re, there's a rhyme and a reason for it. I mean, we definitely we've been filled with um, with left side infielders or Elvis Martinez and Groshans for sure are probably the next two making up their way. Um, it's not going to hurt him to play a little first base. I picture Groshans as when he gets to the MLB level to be a corner infielder anyways, whether that be third base and now getting those reps in at first, I mean, he could very well make himself into be a third first baseman. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, we got five minutes to go and we got to get into our all-star predictions here. So I know you all three of us have filled out our ballots. I guess what we go one by one and we kind of read off our ballots and then we can talk quickly about if there are any interesting decisions, how many blue days you have on there, but yeah, who wants to go first? Sure, all right, man. So I'm going to go, all this to say by positions yeah. um, and go down. So in the American League, I got Ty France from the Seattle Mariners on first base. I got our own second baseman, Santiago Espinal, mm. the second. Rafael Devers from the Red Sox on third. The exciting shortstop, Wander Franco um, from Tampa. Byron Buxton, Aaron Judge, and Mike Trout as my outfielders. Mm-hmm. Alejandro Kirk is catching Jordan Alvarez doing the DHing. Um, uh, honestly, I'm probably more excited about my National League one. I think that this is a good looking one. I think you guys will like this, but got Goldschmidt on first, yep. Jazz Chisholm second, Aaron Otto third base, Lindor short, Jock Peterson, Schwarber, and Juan Soto are outfielders. Um, LA Dodgers catcher Will Smith. And Bryce Harper, DH. I like it. I just think um, I'm pretty sure Wander Franco's on the 60-day DL, so he won't be. Uh, he probably won't no. be this All-Star team. But he's a wonder kid. He's exciting. He's good for baseball and all that stuff. But yeah, it's hard to go wrong. We're picking some of the best baseball players here, so good choices all around. Uh, Isaac, let's hear yours. Uh, I got Ty France, uh, Jose Altuve, uh, Jose Ramirez at third, Tim Anderson at short, uh, Aaron Judge. Uh, Mike Trout, and I got George Springer in there. Um, nice. And then at catcher, Kirk and Jordan Alvarez. Yeah. Uh, I put Springer in there just because of the defense. I forget who it was between him and another guy, but just because of how good he can be on defense, uh, sure. that's why that's I chose cool. him. And then uh, in the National League, I have Paul Goldschmidt, Jazz Chisholm, uh, Manny Machado, Trey Turner, uh, Ronald Acuna, Mookie Betts, Jock Peterson, uh, Tyler Stevenson, and Bryce Harper. Um, And a lot of – I tried to take the Blue Jays bias, as we all, I think, did out as much as possible. It hurt not putting Vladdy in there, but stats don't lie. He hasn't been good enough. Talk about guys coming out of nowhere. That Ty France for the Mariners is um, really holding their offense together right now. Yeah, so I'm going to run through mine quickly. And you guys talking up Ty France. I actually went Luisa Rise from the Minnesota Twins to build in at wow. first base. I don't think he's a first baseman, but he was listed at first base on the I ball. know. I thought he was so, second. Yeah, I, I looked at that. I didn't even – whatever, yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's really impressed me this year. He, like, oh, average over 360. I know it's only three home runs, but he's looked really good. So I'm going to give him a nod. I went Jose Altuve. I know he's missed some time, but he's still really good. 
Jose Ramirez, Xander Bogarts. I went Alejandro Kirk behind the plate as well. So all three of us doing that means pretty good odds for Alejandro Kirk getting yeah. it. In the outfield, I went Bry- uh, Byron Buxton, Mike Trout, and Isaac's favorite player, Aaron Judge, out into the outfield there. Jordan Same outfield. As well. Yep. S- same outfield as me. Yep. National League. I probably should have went Goldschmidt, but I wanted to throw Pete Alonso some love. I think he's having a great year. 17 bombs already this year. Jazz Chisholm at second. And then the rest of mine looks pretty much the same to Isaacs. Manny Machado, Trey Turner, Tyler Stevenson, Acuna, Bet Soto, and Bryce Harper at DH. So not a lot of disagreement yeah. there, but we made some interesting choices. We'll post those on our Twitter page as well. And so you can act and react to them as well. And put your uh, all-star team list down below. See how you agree with us or disagree with us. Did we miss one? Because I'm sure we probably did. But don't submit those. Um, you want to actually go in there and select all Jays players and put yes. them in. Um, we, d- we do this. I didn't submit that ballot. I don't think any of us did. Um, I'd love to see a team full of Jays players, but this is a realistic channel here. Like I want to, I would like to say that I could see Vladdy playing first base, but he's just being outplayed by Ty France, right? Mm-hmm. But Kirk is a guy. Let's get him to the all-star game. Same with Espinal. Those are my two. I'm high on those guys right now. All right, guys, really quick. We got to preview. Oh, go ahead, Isaac. I just had a quick question for people in the comments and like we can talk about another episode, but do you ever put in guys like Vladdy who have the potential to be the absolute best player in the game into the all-star game just because they have that potential or do you put in the guys with the better stat- stats? I want to hear, I'd be interested in people in the comments to hear their thoughts on that. Something to think about that. Definitely. Um, so moving on, the Blue Jays, oh, welcome, oh, they head back home and we welcome in the lowly Baltimore Orioles for the first time this year. We got a four game set all at home against Baltimore. Uh, I could read off their starting pitchers, but it's, they're bad and the Blue Jays are good. So uh, what do we think we're going to do here, boys? It's, we've been waiting all year. The Yankees have torn up on Baltimore this year. It's finally our turn. What are we expecting? What are we hoping to see in this series? Seven runs, eight runs again in a couple games. Maybe we hiccup in one of the games, score five runs in the fourth, fourth game. I'm saying we take three out of four, and I'm saying we have another offensive explosion. One of our starting pitchers falters in Baltimore, and Ryan Mountcastle hits a three-run homer or something. I don't know. Right. Like I think it's going to be a good series. We're, we're hot right now, man. I'm saying we take three out of four. All right, Isaac. Uh, I think Vlad is going to heat up. This is going to be the series that he starts to become and push, make that push for the all-star because he doesn't want to miss it. Um, and I think that we go four to four. We start another win streak. And I think there's going to be a ninth inning comeback win at some point in this series, just like last year when we had that six run comeback. I like that. Betting on the blow, blow, the Baltimore bullpen to collapse, I think is always a smart bet. I'm a big fan of that. Um, I like to call on Vladdy. I am excited to see Yusei Kikuchi. He's my boy. I got his jersey. It's hung up there for the first time this year. And as soon as I got it, he struggled. So I really want to see the Cooch come back and have a a nice big start here. Um, Guys, less than a minute to go. Any final words before we head out here today? Yeah, I couldn't see your Kikuchi jersey because my little face is in the corner. It looks I moved it though. I didn't realize that's the first time I moved my picture around. No, Kikuchi jersey looks good, bro. Yeah, so I'll wear it next episode <laughs> if he pitches well. Yeah. I just want to thank you guys for having me on again. It's always fun. And uh, we'll have to have a longer episode at some point because I have some questions for you boys too. Perfect. Be sure to like and subscribe. We'll be back on this weekend to recap the Orioles series. Let's go Blue Jays. Let's keep getting hot. Let's start to dominate here. Let's go. Let's go. Thanks, guys.